Hi, guys. Hey, it's Jen. Hello, everyone. Hi. It's me, Eric Dean. My name is Curtis Park. Hey, everyone. I'm Katie Gray. I'm Samantha. No, I'm Samantha. No, I'm Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> and this is The Runner on Air. Let's get into it. So I just had my conversation with Chelsea about bystander prevention and the whole sensation of this recent video clip that's all over social media. During the whole conversation, I kept thinking, what if this happened to me? What if I was that woman on that video? What would I do? What could I do? And as I'm walking around campus and going over that in my mind, I begin to think, what can another student do? What if someone was in the situation how would they get out of it? Hey everyone, this is Katie Gorey for Runner On Air. And we're in an uproar. We're very upset. This is a call to action. We're just going to have a, a debate, a discussion. Um, back to back, we'd love to hear your feedback in the comment area. Uh, we are outraged. Um, well, let me own that. Let me make that more. I'm outraged. We just watched a video um, that's been making the sites, making the, you know, the runs on social media platforms. It involves an unconscious woman, young girl, young lady being assaulted, um, abused, harassed, dehumanized. Uh, the list can go on and on by people that seem to be familiar with her. She was in their presence and I don't think she was there by happenstance. Um, what makes it okay for an individual, let alone a friend, to post a video of you, of you being unconscious, being touched, your, her breasts were being groped, um, her panties were shown at one point, and you want to introduce yourself? Yes, hi. My name is Chelsea L. McDowell. I'm the marketing manager of the newspaper, The Runner, and I am disgusted. Initially, I'm, I'm outraged. I'm very upset. I'm so upset. I'm hurting for that young woman. So in this video, we have a couple of people um, hanging out. These are people from L.A. So um, I would say about like L.A., uh, maybe like South Central area, somewhere like in the projects. I'm not too sure, so I can't say it's South Central, but it feels very uh, that. Uh, but they're definitely like projects, you know, type. Um, they're people of color. They're black people in this video. So in this video, they're drinking. They look like maybe they're drinking outside of a car or something. The woman is passed out on the floor, not even on the seats, but just like of the floor of the car where you put your feet, you know, so this girl is out of it. She's clearly out of it. And there's a couple people around. You can hear their voices. You can't really see faces. I don't believe you can see faces. And um, she's asleep, whatever. They start kicking her. She's on the ground. She's like, stop kicking me. Um, she's sleep. It cuts back to her being asleep. Now, this is a video of from this guy's Instagram live or Instagram story, mm -hmm. I think they're called. And uh, someone took the Instagram stories and put them on a clip and posted it on Twitter. Okay, and I quote. Like, y'all females, stop getting this drunk to where you don't know what the fuck going on. So, right off the bat, the caption immediately blames the woman for being drunk, for getting really sloppy drunk. True, it's not safe. 
to get drunk to the point where you're falling asleep and you're unaware of your surroundings. That's very true. But at the same time, it's disgusting to see someone sleep and think, oh, okay, I'm gonna expose her breasts and play with her nipples. Like, that's not okay. And I'm gonna not only do that, but I'm gonna film it and post it on Instagram. Horrible. It's disgusting. It's just... It's disgusting. And it's very upsetting because I think, like, like a lot of people have times like this where maybe they're unaware of what's going on. They are, you know, drinking or doing whatever. We don't know, like, what she's doing. We can only assume that she's, like, drunk. Right. Or whatever, but it's very upsetting. Anyway, so the video goes on, um, and people were really upset by it. I was one of the people really upset by it. I seen it because my sister had tweeted retweeted someone who said that they hoped everyone in the video like died or something really terrible but it's just the video was so upsetting that you do have this like oh uh, is it like carnalistic that's not a word don't put that in there <laughs> damn no you do have this just like really like animalistic response like mob mentality yes a mob mentality to something like that it's disgusting and i'm like i was so upset by it when i seen it like i couldn't even imagine like it's and the prob the thing is it's not only the men in the in the video it's who I can assume assume is this girl's homegirl. I did hear a female and I seen a female in there participating in it and that just that's on a whole another level of just um womanhood and we should all be t together um I mean whether you're male or female that no one deserves that but there's should be an initial just um a natural wantingness to not hurt another woman or if you see that to call it out or bring a stop to it um, mm -hmm. some kind of empathy as from a woman's circumstance a woman's point of view you should yeah I just um, I don't know I'm just I'm really very shooken up about this it's very appalling to me and getting back to the caption the way it was titled is already making it is already setting it up that it's her fault therefore she was drunk so that gives them the pass and the permission to assault her and to berate her to beat her to hit her to sexually they raped her there was no penetration but she was assaulted she was molested she was groped she was right. touched and then to violate her privacy violate her mm -hmm. First, you violate her body. Then you violate her right to privacy by posting this all over social media. At what point does it make it okay? And on a deeper thought, are we to blame as society that they find this, they find this, what's the word I'm looking at, sensational enough to post on social media knowing or in the hopes of it would get more likes and more shares? It's just, do we... At some point, as individuals have a certain blame in it as well, are we With a part? Media. Are we a part to blame of her being assaulted, being um, in the argument if there was never social media, never kind of would mm -hmm. they still would, would they this, still have done this? Still I have think, done this. I think they would have. They would have done it, and they would have laughed amongst themselves. They would have seen this as something funny and something to do. Oh, she's drunk. Let me explode, expose her. Let me molest her. Whatever. But social media is just like. Oh, look at how much fun we're having. 
look at us like we're laughing we're molesting drunk passed out women but it's hilarious so I'm gonna post it on social media except that it's not funny and it's so disturbing it's so disturbing because like we've all been there I mean we're in college right we've all been really fucked up or really wasted right, whatever right, you say so. And and I think that not only not only is it just molestation is wrong. I feel like with anything like that, when someone's like really sleep, people will like. I've seen shit on Twitter like, oh, he's asleep, so he's been using his mouth as an ashtray, or you know, you follow drawing on the the typical drawing on the face with a marker or putting whipped cream or yeah, you know, just, those little things that are little. I feel like those are more like uh, sophomoric, but I think like serious things like maybe, um, just. Like, and I've seen stuff like, you know, like when men fall asleep and another man puts, like, his balls in his yeah. mouth. Just stuff like that. Like, that is just so creepy. People need to respect each other and not do weird shit like that. But I don't understand why that's so hard to understand. I just, you know what, I totally agree. It's just, there's some unwritten rule or unwritten concept that, once you lose consciousness, whether you're asleep or you're inebriated, that you lose all rights to your body. That your body then be- belong to... Your body is made a joke. Your body is made a joke. And your body is at the disposal of anyone and who at whom, whoever is around you. Right. And that should not be okay. I don't think that's okay. And I think okay. just... Well, then what would be the next step? How would someone want... Okay, say we see this. How do we get justice for this woman do we go to so um what is it social platform like the ceos or do we go to the people that operate the Mm -hmm. the the formatting do we go to you know um police do we the law government do we write someone like what how would we even how do you even start to rethink this or start to get justice for this woman this question kept going over and over in my mind and i knew if i'm thinking this i knew if you were listening to this you would have the same questions so i decided to get answers and this began my journey on tackling bystander prevention on what to do if you're in that situation if you're the victim or you're seeing someone be victimized if you want to introduce yourself uh, Mari Gonzalez, I'm a sergeant with Cal State University Police Department. Who can report a sexual assault incident? Anyone, anyone. So anyone that's a privy to it um, can report it. Um, unfortunately, to, pro- to actually prosecute and carry forth any kind of criminal action, we wouldn't need the actual victim to come forward. Okay. But anybody can report it, and we would at least, at a minimum, try to follow up based on whatever information that person gave us. So somebody, like a friend, overheard a story or you know they got it through the rumor mill we would do our best to at least follow up on what little information we did we can. okay yeah where can students report where is this place that they can go so there's a there's numerous places they can go to their ra um they can go they can come directly to us health center um counseling center we have um i don't know if you're aware or not but over in the rohan building downstairs where the um where the um, Magic Center is, mm-hmm. right next door. Um, Vanessa, Vanessa Corona is also very involved with us, and she's also a very good resource. She's a advocate for the um, Alliance Against Family and Sexual Assault, so you can also report directly to her. 
like I said, however, to get any actual kind of criminal action moving, it does have to, it does have to eventually come to us. When should a student call UPD versus implementing bystander um, intervention skills themselves? What do you qualify as maybe a safe intervention and then maybe don't touch, don't get involved, call UPD immediately? You know, it, it's, it's kind of one of those things that's, it's a personal decision. Okay. You know, um, some people are more comfortable if it's, um, and I don't want to downplay any uh, any any type of sexual assault by any means. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. But if somebody's you know smacking somebody on the bottom, whether where versus somebody holding and pinning somebody down, you know there there's going to be there's going to be a scale to things and a scale of when people are going to want to be involved and when people feel they're capable of being involved, both physically and then sometimes mentally capable. Some people see things like that and aren't necessarily able to process as, as quickly. So. You know, um, delayed reporting is better than no reporting. So if they can't do it at that point, at any point, at that particular point in time, for whatever reason, um, whether they feel unsafe or they just feel unable to deal with the situation, they can report it at a later time. But by, in the same token, if they feel like that person's life's in danger or their safety's in danger and they feel capable of pulling somebody off of somebody or intervening even with their verbal judo, um, as we, as we turn coin it. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's a very personal decision and each situation is going to be different. So, um, you know, without having a specific in, in mind, I can't say, yeah, this is where you go in. This is where you don't, but yeah, it's a case by case basis. Ex- 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 judge ex- it as it ex- happens, ex- as you're in it. Exactly. That's what makes it hard to report and hard to, it, it does. And figure out, okay, what, is this something that's reportable or, you know, even, even when it comes to us, sometimes we'll go to a situation, whether it's domestic violence or sexual assault or something of that nature and being there in the moment and somebody, they'll still ask you to butt out, you know, and not, and not be welcome. So, um, I imagine if we get that reaction, somebody who doesn't have a uniform on will likely face that reaction from Mm -hmm. time to time as well. So, yeah, true. Um, what are UPD office hours? Are, how do you guys, are you guys 24 seven yeah. operate? Yeah. So we're here. Um, we have the office staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we'll have a dispatcher, um, and generally at least two officers on, um, supervisors right now, because of the hours that we work, usually we have one here till two in the morning, most mm-hmm. days after two in the morning, we, we usually don't have a supervisor or stuff, but we always have one on call. So we could always have one of us come back. Um, and then like the chief and lieutenant administrative staff are usually here, usually eight to five, Monday through Friday. But we are here 24 hours a day as, a, as an office. We're open 24 hours a day. Anybody can come in that door and um, talk to a dispatcher or talk to an officer no matter what time of day. Okay. Yeah, even on breaks when you guys are gone. We're here. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Perfect. What if a sexual assault happens off campus? Can the students still come in? Yeah, they, they can still um, come and report it to here on campus. Whether, Like I said, they don't necessarily have to come to us. They can come to the health center. Um, we also have Title IX. The, the pamphlet that you took yeah. explains what a little bit about Title IX is. Um, Title IX is the um, division of the campus that takes care of uh, gender, gender equity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and under their guidelines also falls like sexual assault and domestic violence. So things can also be reported to them. Um, and what that division does basically is takes care of accommodations for um, both the victim and the suspect if they're a student on campus. So 
education can continue. Without mingling. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because when accused is accused, they're still they're still just accused. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. So if it happens off campus, it can still be reported to us. Um, if it's something that they choose to carry forward with criminal prosecution, we will refer them to whatever agency then needs to take over. We will try to minimize, um, depending on the gravity of the sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if it's a rape, we want to try to minimize the re-victimization of a person. So we're not going to ask them a whole myriad of questions about what happened, but we want to get them. We definitely want to start them getting some um, help as far as medical and psychological help. So we'll start giving them those resources right away. We'll hook them up usually with Vanessa to start the ball rolling on resources if um, protective orders need to be issued and everything like that. So we want to get them in charge, in touch with the proper resources, um, even as we're getting the investigation going. So uh, I'm Vanessa Corona, the campus advocate here at CSU Bakersfield. Uh, My job is really the prevention and early intervention of sexual misconduct, so things like sexual assault, rape, sexual harassment, dating violence, domestic violence, um, and stalking. So I've been here for a little over three years now, and it has been an absolute pleasure to get to work with student staff and faculty here. Wonderful. Um, Well, with that being said, it's obviously clear why everyone has brought me, um, or wanted me to come see you, send me your way, your name keep coming up, and discussions I was having with the UPD, and students here on campus and other faculty regarding um, what to do or just ask like random you know just questions regarding uh, sexual assault and bystander intervention um, one of the first questions is going to be who can report a sexual assault incident sure so if you or someone you know has been affected by a sexual assault regardless of where it occurs uh, so if it happens off campus or if it happens here, if it happened 10 minutes ago, 10 days ago, or 10 years ago, it does not matter. We are here to support our campus community. So um, again, if you witness something, you can report it. Uh, if it happens to you, you can also report it. Confidential reporting options on that campus or myself as the campus advocate, our counseling center. Um, limited confidentiality would be our student health center. Um, you can also report directly to Title IX, which is in the Office of the President, as well as CSUB University Police. Um, but again, I mean, a really the large and most important thing for people to understand here is that even though it doesn't happen to you, um, you should always try to step in as best as you can, whether that means calling law enforcement or trying to kind of go as a group to diffuse the situation, um, or even just letting us know about what's happening specifically if it's taking place here on campus, because then we know, okay, we need to increase police activity over there, or we need to see if it's one person who's kind of the root or the cause of all of these different things. Um, So yeah, I would really encourage students, and regardless of whether you are under 21 and have been intoxicated, have been drinking, um, or crossfaded, have been drinking and doing drugs, um, the larger crime really is sexual misconduct. So we are not going to hold it against you if you've been drinking or if you've done this or done that. We care about the well-being of our students and the safety overall of our campus and sexual misconduct is a much bigger issue when it comes to that. Okay, Um, I know for me, I'm aware enough and I'm knowledgeable enough to know that I should do something and if I'm witnessing some kind of someone being violated, some kind of sexual assault, sexual abuse, my fear has always been, okay, what if I'm at a party, let's say I am drinking, I am, you know, engaging in other, you know, 
being cross-legged as you mm -hmm. use, I like the way you use that. Um, other people in the room or building too are, and I always have that in the back of my head, I know I shouldn't. Um, if I, do I have to expose everything? Cause I'm opening up, I feel like I'm opening up Pandora's box. If I report this, then it's gonna be, well, what were you doing there? Why were you there? And what were you guys engaging in? And who was all there? Then I have to implicate so many people. And mm -hmm. it's just like, am I really able to have that wherewithal to take all that responsibility on knowing that what it's gonna cost? And I wanna say yes, but what do you tell a student that is struggling maybe with that same question? So, responsibility. Totally. That's really very common. You know, folks will say, well, this happened to me or this happened to someone I know, but maybe they're not ready to report or I don't want to, you know, really divulge any other information that isn't directly about me. And what I like to encourage students and remind them of is, okay, it's your situation. This happened to you. You tell us what you feel comfortable with. It is not my job to go in and nitpick about who you were with and where you were and what you were wearing. Unfortunately, that has really been the society that we live in that has now created this really rape culture, victim blaming, survivor shaming type of environment, which shouldn't be the case. So a large portion of that is leaving it up to the student, the staff, the faculty member that is reporting this to share what they feel comfortable with. Um, so of course, my job is not a fact finder, so law enforcement might ask more things that kind of are a little dig a little deeper into what's taking place, and a part of that might be for the campus safety, right? Finding out, has this happened to other people? Is the same person that you are accusing, or people that you are accusing, are they hurting others? Do we have a paper trail of this? Um, but again, it really comes down to what do you feel comfortable with? What do you feel safe with? And yes, you might be comfortable just talking about you, but maybe you don't want to mention that there were other folks in the room but I think that also leads back to being an active bystander, what I like to call an upstander, because if I'm my friend, if I'm your friend, I'm not gonna have any problem with you saying that I was also there because I wanna have your back. And I want someone to ask me if I saw something that was similar or can I, essentially can I, can I back you up, right? Can I um, really make that, that case for you or help make that case stronger? So I encourage students to have empathy you know, if you are in that situation, what would you want someone to do for you? You know, so all too often students will tell me, well, Vanessa, I didn't know that person. I don't know if maybe they're okay with that, if maybe they like that kind of thing, or maybe it was unsafe. Okay, but try to put yourself in their, in their shoes and in their position. If it were someone you know, what would you say to them? How would you try to help them out? If it were you, what would you want done? Again, all of those things are so, so, so important. So really any survivor of any type of sexual misconduct or abuse, it is totally up to them what they feel comfortable sharing. So so long as folks are aware of that, you know, please do not hesitate to come talk to us. Because even if at any point you've just you've gone through with the report and then you say, never mind, I don't want to do this or I'm not sure, I need a little bit more time, we can also do that. Right. Um, I know we're at the end of the semester, mm -hmm. summer's coming up, there's gonna be a lot more interactions, be at parties, hangouts, gatherings, get-togethers. What are some little, um, if you can give like a checklist or a little um, tips on what to avoid or what to be aware of when you're out in, in those kind of environments yeah. where uh, it's, the risk is more high that an, a violation can occur mm -hmm. or some kind of you know, um, attack. Yeah. 
So the first thing is, is that resources are still going to be available even during the summer. So you can still get counseling services on campus. Um, advocacy services are still available. The health center is still available. All of us are still open and still here to serve students. So that's important. The next thing is a lot of folks travel over the summer. So they might be going to the beach or they might be heading to Mexico or wherever it is that they're going to go live their best life and that's fabulous and I'm so jealous. Um, know that regardless of where something occurs, you can always come to us to, to report, to kind of talk about what your options are. That's totally fine. Um, and we will get in touch with the necessary channels to get whatever needs to be done there. As far as protecting yourselves, I don't ever like to think that way. I don't like to think that people should have to look over their shoulder constantly. So really that bystander intervention, that upstander um, mentality is really, we all are looking out for each other. We are all calling people out for crappy behavior. So if I see you taking advantage of someone who's had too much to drink, or if I hear you saying making sexist or rape jokes, that isn't funny. So I need to be able to call you out on that. So I'm not gonna sit here and say, go to the restroom in a group, make sure you cover your drink, make sure you're dressed appropriately, because all of that is really geared toward women, if you think about it. And not only women are the ones that are being hurt. Men get hurt, our folks in the, our trans community are hurt. One in every two trans individuals is the victim of domestic violence, and that is not okay. Um, so we need to be thinking about it as more of, instead of, victims having to prevent things from happening to them, how can we all be holding one another accountable so that thing, these things don't happen at all, right? And some of that might just be knowing about our resources and knowing about channels and you know, having each other's backs and saying, hey, I saw you out on the dance floor and it seems like you've had a lot to drink, come sit with us, you know, just relax with us, have some water. Uh, you know, or I noticed that you might be going home with this person too, like why don't you get a ride with us and then maybe you can, y'all can link up later or something really simple like that to where it isn't necessarily going out of your way and causing this big huge scene, but something really simple where it might interrupt a potentially really bad situation. So those would be my tips and tricks. Perfect, <laughs> that is, that's a perfect end to our discussion. Uh, lastly, where can a student find your office? How do they get here? Yeah, so I am actually located in Roham Hall. So it's called MAGIC, the Multicultural Alliance and Gender Equity Resource Center. Um, so close, I guess the best way to explain it would be Student Housing West, so the former dorms, um, closest to parking lot E. I'm always available for students. If my door is closed, it's because I'm either at an appointment or with another student, but um, they can email me, call me, again, um, follow my, advocate, social media, whatever works, um, and we will get in touch for sure. Can you give them, is it a hashtag or is it an at? Yeah, it's at uh, Campus Advocate CSUD. Perfect. 